This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hey, my cat-loving friends, we finally got Stacey LeBaron on our podcast. We have been trying to get her forever. She has over 300 podcasts currently airing. 500. On 500. Did I say 500 podcasts currently airing on the Community Cats podcast. And she has dedicated a theme for 2024 that we are in love with, See It, Solve It. So right after a word from our sponsor, we'll be back to find out more. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to 19 Cats and Counting. I'm your co-host, Linda Hall, here with the ever-gorgeous, the ever-lovely, my BFF, Rita Reimers. <laughs> I love the way you say my name because it's normally so, so plain. Rita Reimers. Rita Reimers. Rita I told Reimers. you, I'm, I'm into trilling those R's. It was my favorite thing about ninth grade Spanish. But I don't want to talk to you. I want to talk to Stacey. She's so mean. That's just my best friend, Stacey. Oh, what does that say about your other friends? I'm so glad we finally got you. You're a busy lady. <sighs> I try not to be so busy, but I guess I am. <laughs> well, when it comes to cats, you know, they they take all our focus and attention when you work they with do. cats in any way, shape, or form. But they tell us what it is, you guys. What is in your heart, and what you, what is your mission with the Community Cats Podcast? Yeah, so I am the host of the Community Cats Podcast, and. Uh, The podcast is the place where you get to turn your passion for cats into action. Uh, That is what we are all about. So, you know, many of our communities have, to be frank, too many cats that are outdoors running around, may have caretakers, may not, may have feeders, may not, lots of kittens. And we want to be able to elevate the status of cats and empower people in the communities to make a difference in the lives of those cats, whether it's through an individual just doing TNR on two, three, four cats in their backyard, or an organization that creates a TNR program for their whole community, or building up even to something bigger like a spay-neuter clinic or a mobile spay-neuter clinic, you know, really organically growing to be able to support the community holistically and ensure that really all of our cats in our communities have access to the care and the support that they need, the cats and their families that they need to be able to have a wonderful, happy life. That's perfect. That's what we all want, isn't it, Linda? Yes. So Community Cats Envelops feral strays. They're just the cats out in our community. I like that. That sounds better because people often have such a negative 
reaction when they hear one or both of those words. And it's different being a feral and a stray, but they're both homeless and outside, right? And we need to help them. So I'm going to take it even to another level. So when I say community cats, I say four paws on the ground outside. So it can be an owned cat that's indoor, outdoor. It plays a role in that community cat ecosystem that is outside. So when I say community cats, I mean any cat that is is outside. Um, True, I also want to support the indoor cats because I have a story about Adam and Eve. And Adam's not neutered and lives inside. Uh, Eve is not spayed and she lives inside. And the families can't afford to get those cats spayed or neutered. They are near community cats, right? They could easily become community cats. So almost, you could almost talk me into saying community cats are pretty much any cat really that's out there. I well, uh, took sure. it astray many years ago, over 20 years ago, probably 30 now. Oh, boo-boo, right? And yeah, and he was um, on the schedule to get neutered because I was going to take him to the shelter, right? And um, yeah, that didn't happen. So finally, we get him on the schedule to be neutered. And the night before, he broke out my screen. He smelled him some female. He took out his little finger switchblade and went. That's what I said. That's what my husband said. He went, out and we found him the next morning beat up to death by a raccoon we managed to get him healed but yeah it was just we were so close (laughs) and it scares me to death to wonder if he impregnated a cat out there and how many little boo-boos were running around from that not just that but he could have come home with any kind of diseases oh for sure for sure yes yes i mean i i've got a cat that was trapped with a feral colony that was obviously had been in someone's home at one point and yeah he wasn't neutered and he was very friendly and yeah he ended up with fiv yeah well and i mean a, a lot of cats i mean outdoor cats male cats outside have a higher pre- prevalence towards getting fiv but it really honestly is a, it's pretty small percentage and then feline leukemia it's even smaller it's like two to three percent for That's feline leukemia for males it's five to seven percent for fiv females it's a much lower number for for FIV. Um, So I mean, when you're talking about disease and community cats, really overpopulation is the disease that's most impactful. The other diseases are going to really be practically eliminated. Once you get your what we call our feral cat colonies or community cat colonies, or just our free roaming cats, get them all spayed or neutered, reduce or eliminate kittens, create a kitten free zone, Take care of those adult cats. The colony's gonna, you know, attrition down in numbers and numbers, and you know it will fade away, and then you're not gonna have those cats, and it will just—it's all a beautiful thing. Yeah, Linda, what is it you always say about the the TNR? People that don't understand it or don't believe in it. I mean, people who don't like cats should also be. Oh, you broached. know, that's, I was just about to go. say that you took that right out of my head. You we freak me out when you do that. If you love cats you should care about TNR because these cats are out there suffering. They're getting, I mean, fleas alone, they're going to get fleas and they'll end up anemic. They can have all kinds of health problems. They can die from fleas. If you love cats, you should care about this. If you hate cats, you should care about this. You don't like all those strays and ferals and community cats in your yard and walking on your brand new car. TNR is your friend, my friend, you know, wherever you stand on cats, this should be of interest to you. Right. Trap, neuter, and return is the most effective way to reduce cat overpopulation. And I think it's unfortunate 
that many people believe that it's not proven to be successful. I worked with an organization in Massachusetts and we had 300 cats in with 14 different feeding stations. We started feeding them in 1992. So that's going to share with you a little bit about my age. And then um, we, by 2008, you know, we had volunteers feeding those cats twice a day. We trapped them, we TNR'd them. We got to 100% sterilization. I'm going to repeat that. It's important to get to 100% sterilization of those cats. 2008, last cat from the call group of colonies passed away. Last feeding station was closed in like 2010. And now, you know, Newburyport does not have the population, the cat issues that it had when it started out in 1990, a whole litter of kittens tested positive for rabies. You know, a Ooh. group of cats were trapped, removed and euthanized living out of a dumpster, 35 cats. By 1992, another 35 cats were there. So trap and remove and euthanize does not work. A TNR, and it's community-based. You can't you can't trap, neuter, return, walk away. It's community-based, community-involved. There's due diligence. It's, you know, the love continues all the time. So it's not like you can say, I'm going to hire someone to take care of this problem, one and done. It's, you've just got to always be there. And now that we have supportive access to care for owned cats in the community, that's why we don't have, you know, feral cats or community cats roaming around in our, in our towns because people have access to the care that they need for, for their cats. Their families are happy. Their cats are happy. And we're doing what we need to do to keep them in homes. And that's what we need. The, the, you know, trying to get in, you mentioned when we were talking earlier, there's a huge vet shortage out there. And I was sharing that I had, I had an escapee. And so I set out a trap and I caught a feral kitten who was like the Tasmanian devil. And I called the two facilities in my town and nobody could take them. And I had to release them again. I mean, I just, I did not have. He was too mean. There was no to, way to tame him. Yeah. Down. I did not have the space or ability to take in. He was completely feral. He was completely petrified. He'd have lost his mind. I needed some place to take him, get him or her. I don't know. I didn't look. <laughs> <laughs> take him or her and get them sterilized so that I could re-release and there was But you have taken a couple of cats in, so have I, that were outside, you know, potential baby makers. Uh, but what has happened in your community since is the little town of Defiance you live in now has a TNR program. And um, I don't even know if Lancaster here has it. I don't think we have a TNR program. We're so small. Mm, I was just interviewing a woman from Idaho Garden City, Idaho yesterday uh, for the podcast, Donna Brown and it's Garden City Community Cat Project. Boy, and they're doing a phenomenal job. So they have uh, spayed and neutered over a thousand cats. It's a, a pretty, it's a small community, but she works with the the mobile home parks the tra and the trailer parks. And well, she, those are magnets first. And but she's very people to people oriented. She's like my the support that we provide is to the the people in the trailer park. They're the ones doing the trapping. They're doing the feeding. They're doing the monitoring, and she's helping to provide the support. But she's like I'm very people oriented. A lot of folks in the cat world say, "Oh, I'm here because I I don't like people. I just want to. I want. You've got to be both. You've right? got to be both." And she's like, no, my job is all about the people. It's all about the families. And they're, they're crying and they're, they're caring for the cats and they're, they're getting, you know, the help that they need. She said she went into one, um, you know, trailer and there were, you know, 
dead kittens under the trailer. Aww. And she goes, they were crying with the fact that she's able to get these cats spayed or neutered. They're not going to see that ever again. You know, and, and there are these aha moments we all have. You have an aha moment, you know, where it's like you see something and you're like, uh-uh, not having that. I'm not going to do that again. That's just, that's just not right. It's just not going to happen. And that's where that see it, solve it theme is all about is like, sure. you know, you see something and you're like, yeah, you know, we're going to fix this. We, we have to create solutions, whether it's a small solution just for my backyard or it's a solution for the whole community or, hey, whole metropolitan area, you know, go for it. But let's motivate and move forward. TNR needs to be normalized. Trap, neuter, return, normalize every day. Private practice veterinarians, spay, neuter clinics, everybody should be providing trap, neuter, return services. Um, I'm involved with a clinic in Woodstock, Georgia, that has a community cat TNR room, it, room in the back where folks can bring the cats and the traps at night. And, and then they're held there, spayed and neutered, and they pick them up at the end of the day. There's a code, so they don't even have to be there when the clinic is open to do the nice. drop-off of the pickup. I and like. It's a, it's a private practice clinic, and I'm thrilled I'm involved in it, part of the management team. And it's just... Um, I'm so excited about this model of having uh, private practice veterinarians, feline-only practices, really embrace all the components that our cats need. A hundred percent. Oh, my gosh. Both Linda and I have cats that came from trailer parks. And like you were saying, after you TNR, you can't just walk away. But especially in a trailer park, because that's a prime dumping ground. People will go and dump their cats. My son-in-law lived in one for less, son-in-law and daughter lived in one for less than a year and took in 10 cats. Plus Got the ones homes. they were feeding on their porks. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, there's a lot of population turnover also. And uh, the other thing with the veterinary shortage that makes things very challenging is we're oftentimes limited to a certain number of appointments. So right. you talk about feeding 10 cats in your backyard and a veterinarian is saying, well, you can get two appointments and then call us four months later and we'll get two more appointments. That's just not going to move the needle. So we need to think about targeted efforts where we're really handling the whole colony. And that's, again, getting to that 100% sterilization sure. that is so important. And there's a lot of campaigns out there. I'm on the board of the United Spay Alliance, really trying to work with creating we love them. We love them too. systems and efficiencies for uh, spay, neuter, you know, feline fixed by five. It's much easier to to spay neuter a little kitten than it is, you know, a cat that's had a litter of kittens and that's older. So let, like, set, let's save time and be efficient so that we can do a higher volume. Definitely. They fix some of those kittens so young these days. How safe is that? Very safe, actually. I mean, yeah, two, two pounds, um, I mean, yeah, eight weeks, two pounds is about the the smallest the minimal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the MSPCA in 1989 actually did a pretty significant study around this issue with regards to early age spay neuter for cats. Let's have, we're going to just talk about cats here. And um, actually, so when the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society uh, got started in 1992, that was one of our bedrock. We had two veterinarians just starting their practices and they both really wanted to know how to do early age spay neuter. So they did that with, so we were, everybody was uh, neuter before adoption and they were doing them at eight at eight weeks um, or two pounds. Um, and it's very safe. I mean, if you've ever seen kittens get spayed or neutered, they'll have the surgery and they're probably beating each other up in the cage when they're in the, like within a couple of hours. Um, it's so easy. The incision 
you know, it's, I mean, it's a little glue. It's not even stitches. There's no e-collar. There's nothing involved with that. So, you know, it's just so much easier than a, than a, uh, you know, a mom cat who's been in and out of heat and, and has had a litter of kittens and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, and then you get to a five year or older cat and then, you, you know, I mean, I hate to be so blunt, but you know, the, the uterus is almost fibrous. So like you, you run the risk of not getting the full uterus removed. We've because- seen that happen. You see, this is good to know. Cause I thought, you know, the little ones, I thought it was more dangerous when they're like two months old. Um, the the law here in uh, Carolina is you can't adopt out a kitten that's not spayed or neutered. And everybody wants those tiny babies. So they're they're doing spay and neuter at about eight weeks. So it's good to know that's safer than I thought. Yeah, I, I just wondered how, especially with the girl, that was much with the boys, but with the girls, how teeny tiny those little female parts are. I mean, I had a hysterectomy. I know what's involved. Yeah. And I'm thinking, how do they spot those things? They're so small. So actually, I mean, I would probably say the girls are maybe easier too, because uh, sometimes the boys descent testicles haven't descended yet. Right, right. Um, and so you sometimes have to wait for them to be a little bit older because, you know, if you do wait and they don't descend, you know, then they have to go travel go around out. and look for them. But that's a, you know, they'll wait until the boy's a little older to see what will happen, you know. Yeah, my vet likes to wait. I have a, a male kitten that's, uh, I guess he's going on five months now. So this is about the time he wants to wants me to bring him in. I brought him in for a, a three month check, and he's like, eh, "Since you don't have any females and he's indoor, can you just wait a little bit?" So he really wanted me to wait. I'm trying to honor fixed by five, though. I want to get him in there. <laughs> I appreciate appreciate that very much. And the last thing you want is him to start spraying around the outside no. of your house, I mean, the inside Did of your you house. Did you overhear a conversation? Of- yeah, and he's a little. Like- devil too i wouldn't put it past him we just had this conversation she's like gotta get this done before he starts spraying <laughs> so, we know that struggle i know let's take a quick break here for a little word from our sponsor and we'll be right back to talk more with stacy lebaron about tnr and all the wonderful things that community cats podcast is doing we'll be right back and we're back with 19 cats and counting i caught you taking that drink linda hall <laughs> Uh, we're talking with Stacy about all the wonderful things Community Cats Podcast is doing. Tell us about some of the programs that you offer. I know Linda and I took a class from Community Cats Podcast to become surrender prevention specialists. Right. Uh, so I'm going to take a deep breath. Uh- Put on your listening ears, folks. So we do 29 online events every year now. And so they run from a a TNR certification workshop, which is the first Saturday of every month. We have the Surrender Prevention Certification Workshop, which you took, which has Dr. Rachel Geller. And that happens three times a year. We have a new session called Return to Home Certification. I want to know about this one. And 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 that is going to be about how when you take in a stray, you're able to identify whether or not that, that cat has a home. So um, many return to owner um, statistics for cats from shelters is really pretty low. 3%, 5%, maybe 7%. Uh, Corrine Burgoyne from the Massachusetts Society of Prevention to Cruelty for Animals has a program and they have a 30 to 35 percent um, return rate to owners. Is so, that due to chipping or lack thereof? 
So there's microchipping, there's social media. She has these like three different levels of um, research that you go through in order to be able to find the home for the cat. And another component too in there, we talk about like if you think you found a cat in the community, um, the Community Cats podcast, we have a template for paper collar. Most organizations in Massachusetts will say, put a paper collar on the cat, put your name on it, your number on it. You know, does somebody own me? And before you can let that cat come into the shelter, we do that level of due diligence to make sure that that cat does not have another caretaker or have a, an owner to be identified, to be able to make sure, because we don't want to be accused of stealing anybody's cat. Of course cat. not. Of we course. don't want to do that. So that, that's really a recommended um, template that we have. We have our online kitten conference. We have our online cat conference. Um, we have Feline Leukemia Day. July has been declared Feline Leukemia Month. Oh, that's um, good to know. Online Behavior Day is going to be in April next Ooh, year. That's good so, to know, too, since yeah. we're cat behaviorists. Write yeah. that down, Linda. April, April, April 20th is going to be uh, Online Behavior Day. Um, and then we have United Spay Alliance Conference. And boy, I know I'm forgetting something, but we always have like pop-up webinars and stuff. I did a webinar on strategies to reduce your cat overpopulation. Um, I love talking about the cat pyramid and trying to think strategically and you're about how to, re how to reduce, you know, that your pyramid cat numbers. Blows people's minds. Um, and we do have that. If you really want to be about the pyramid, you can buy it in our swag shop. We oh, have uh, nice. t-shirts with the community cat pyramid and I have my, I have my stay feral shirt I was on say, here. Show us your shirt. Show, show us shirt. your shirt. Okay. I know. I just ordered a mug. I can't hear it, but yes. So I'm going to stand up. Yes. When you're watching feral. the video version, you'll see that. Is I am cool. so getting one of these, which y'all Christmas is coming. And cat ladies, yes. we love our cat stuff, right? We can where do, do people get, to buy for. But. Where do people get this awesome stuff? What's the website? So it's communitycatspodcast.com. And we have um, our our store is on the website right there. We're loaded with lots of information, lots of stuff. Also, if folks are interested in being part of all 29 events and don't want to deal with like the registration, dealing with it every time, we have what's called the Community Cats Pass. I saw uh, that. That's and, so cool. Yeah. So it's basically you can buy the pass and then it, you're just, you know, if I add something, you're included no matter what. You're guaranteed access to anything and everything that we put on during the course of the year. Oh, and we do have our Community Cats Grants program, which we just finished our I saw that too. 200th group. And so we've worked with over 200 organizations. Yay. And um, I, I'm really proud of that program. It's been incredible. Bree, who works with us here at the, the podcast, has done an incredible job with the Community Cat Grant program. And another thing, to empower organizations to be able to make change in their communities. And that's through a matching grant program. And um, so we're really just excited and thrilled about that. So if you're, or if your city like mine, I don't think we've got a TNR program. I've got to check a little more deeply. If you're interested in starting one, this is where you go. Yep. I'd be happy to help anybody get a TNR or spay neuter initiative going. I am a, I'm a great problem solver. I love solving problems and other people say I'm pretty much of an optimist all the time. So oh, that's, a good, that's thing. good. You've got to you be in that. this business because it can run you over. Well, business, it's not really a business, um, but it can run you over with the compassion fatigue and everything. No, I know Linda uh, and I, our organization, Cat Behavior Alliance and the uh, Carolina Cat Sanctuary, we would definitely be interested in the spay and neuter program. It's one of the things we want to add 
um, as we collect more donations is we want to help people who can't afford spay and neuter to get that done. That's so important. We, Even we if it does, it don't time. go outside. Yeah. On our form to fill out when you want a behavior, it's, you know, name of the cat, gender, age, and spayed or neutered. And so we always try to be non-judgmental in case there's something like Rita had a cat that had um, CFE uh, problem and could not. Ventral septal defect. defect. I, I was so close. My Sadie, book yeah, is all Sadie. about Sadie. Yes. And so she couldn't be spayed. So we don't want to just be like, why isn't that cat spayed? But right. we're like, so is there a reason the cat's not spayed? And we've well, heard, been I about, just can't afford it. A few there's, times we've done behavior sessions and people are like, well, you know, it's $400 in my area which is crazy. Um, so that's another issue too, is pricing in mm -hmm. different areas of the country. I can get a spay neuter done here between 59 and $79. You go to LA, it's going to be three, $400. And I don't see why. It was 250 to, to spay the, the story that popped up in uh, my backyard. Uh, that's crazy. That's what it cost us to take care of us. Yeah. She showed up in the backyard and she was a black cat. So I was like, come on in. <laughs> What the heck? See, it'll be way under a hundred dollars for me to get uh jet neutered. Why is that, Stacy? There's probably no answer. Oh, there it is. Why is there such a price disparity? Why in some areas that people legitimately can't afford it because it's so expensive? Yeah, well, I mean, so the salaries for veterinarians has gone up substantially over the last several years because of the, vet of the shortage, shortage yeah. as well as the technicians. And I mean, I think that our technicians and our vet assistants have been underpaid in general. So they want to elevate the, the status with the fact of a lot of the mom and pop uh, veterinary practices selling to corporate. Then there's a private equity need for profits on the backside of the P&L, profit and loss that are involved there. So um, regardless of where they're located, they've got certain pricing, say they own 10 clinics, they want to have some consistency. So, um, and there's a certain cut that they want to make sure that they take for their, you know, profits for their investors, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, it's one of those things where I truly think that the model has to change because we have the you know, there's the very expensive and like in a cat only model, most of our cat only clinics are like feline boutiques, right? So there we only have one here in the Charlotte area, you know, they're in that like higher level. They're very and, then, expensive. and then you've got your high volume, high quality spay neuter clinics and they get grant money and they run their programs, you know, in in a certain way. And I think that there's like the the mid level, you know, sort of like the middle income spay neuter for cats, right? You need like the that mid-level range covered. And then there's what's called incremental care. So there's conversations. So you come in with your cat and you have a conversation with your vet technician and, and the vet and they say, you know, what works for your family price-wise? What works for the cat? It's not all going to be the gold standard, but it's not just this package. So so if, you're, if your cat needs a dental, this clinic could provide a dental. So it's talking about incremental care, working with the family, working with the, with the cat, obviously. And it, it's just a partnership rather than this like, oh, we only offer this and you have to do this and it's $5,000 and you have to go credit care and whatever and versus, or you have the choice of it's you know $60 over here and it has nothing to do with a dental or anything, right? And so there's, 
this mid-level, which we just are missing out totally, and this is where the most cat owners are happening. You know, cat ownership is growing, and this is the market that we need to serve. And so, you know, this project that I'm involved with in Woodstock, Georgia, that's what I'm working on, trying to provide that level of service. That is amazing. You know, I, I bragged about defiance having a TNR, but I, there is a negative in defiance, and I'm wondering if other communities are doing this. It's now illegal to feed strays and ferals in your yard in Defiance, Ohio. I know it was in Beverly Hills, too. When I lived in L.A., there was this old lady that was feeding them, and she got arrested. Well, and and there have been quite a few stories about the feeding bans, and there's a lot of information out there that really shows that, you know, feeding bans aren't very helpful um, to the cause at all or and supportive. Um, there's got to be a reason why. Many times those are initiated because there is somebody that hasn't been listening to requests and they've been, you know, scatter feeding, what I call scatter feeding. They throw feed out food like on the sidewalk or something like that. Um, and, you know, there are certain feeding, there's feeding etiquette for our community cats out there. And we do have a webinar called Colony Caretaking Tips and Tricks that we do in partnership with neighborhood cats, nice. which will basically show you how to manage and maintain you know, feeding outdoor cats in a way that I want to take that not going to cause a stir. Well, so we do have we have a playlist on YouTube called Everything TNR playlist um, on our YouTube channel, Community Cats Podcast you, YouTube channel. Just search for it and subscribe. But one of our playlists is 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 Everything TNR and the Colony Caretaking Tips and Tricks is there. And I believe we're going to do a new live session on November 11th. So you know that may may come out around this time. So yeah. That's amazing. I understand the problem. My daughter was living in a house. It was like basically a duplex and the lady behind oh, her was feeding the cats. And she had turned her kid's swing set because they were grown now. She'd put tarps over it to give it shelter because we're in Ohio. It's a little chilly here like it is in Massachusetts. And, uh, and she was feeding them. She was definitely below poverty level. So she couldn't afford to take the cats and get them TNR. And it did. It created a babies huge colony. Babies and babies and babies. There's babies. a park across the street. Bad things were happening. You saw cats in various states of health problems. No, 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 no. La, la, la. They were out in the streets. It was bad. I get it. I get that her feeding created this. But I also can't let cats starve. So if anybody from the council's listening... I have fed the ferals in my backyard and I will continue to do so. You also took Gail them in. Though. Yes, I did. Yep. Yep. I do what I can, but I'm at my limit at 11. And so I'm a rule breaker. <laughs> well, one of the things that we really try to focus on when I'm talking with folks is I will say, you know, really the objective is to fix before you feed. And, and also if you do have uh, support for pet food in your community, Go take advantage of that resource for your your cats. And then the food, the money you would have put into buying the food, put it in a coffee jar. Save it up for the medical care for the cats because the resources I find, pet food resources, are a little bit more liberal than the resources are for medical care for spay neuter. So, you know, be be proactive. Try and and utilize, you know, they're like, oh, well, I don't, I, I can buy food. I, I'm all okay. I can do that. Well, use the resources and the access to that free food, save the money for your medical fund um, and keep that there for your cats. 
That That's is brilliant. I'm so glad I asked. Idea. That I just is told, brilliant. I just texted Linda. You got to do a PSA about that. Yes, I will. I definitely will. That is and brilliant. Because big yeah, part of to Stacy for giving us that. Yes, <laughs> our shelters are full, and the cats that keep visiting my backyard at night are definitely spayed and neutered. They're all ear tipped, but yeah, they're hungry. <laughs> can't help myself. I can't watch an animal starve. I, it is physically impossible. I, I know that jail. I know this isn't food related, but Linda planted some catnip in her backyard a few years ago. And she said to her husband, there's been a lot more cats in the backyard this year. There's a lot more strays out there. And what did he say, Linda? He said, okay, you planted the weed farm and our surprise Cheech and Chong showed up. What's wrong with you? <laughs> but I can't do it inside because oh. they eat it. So I had to do it outside. And then, yes, I everybody's sitting on the backyard like, where are all these cats coming from? I know we're, we're coming to the end of our of our show and i know we could just keep talking forever and ever <laughs> but um stacy is there anything you haven't said or any last words of wisdom you want to make sure that everybody gets spend the benefit of i certainly want to thank everyone who's out there helping cats and loving cats and if you're listening to the show i know that is the case for you so thank you to your listeners for tuning in listening and um you know if there's ever anything communitycatspodcast.com is the place to be. If you shoot us an email, I get all the emails. We're very responsive. Happy to answer any questions. There's really no excuses. It's see it, solve it. We can make it happen. We can make TNR normal. The every everyday action that we're going to do, TNR will make it happen. Uh, just join the cause, do your part. And again, thank you both so much for having me on the show. Thank, oh, you, thank you, you so much for your coming. Schedule. So yeah, so listen to the podcast, check out the website, there's blogs, check out YouTube. There's something out there that I'll bet if you're looking for, I'll bet you'll find it. Yeah. And don't forget to subscribe to their podcast, Community Cats Podcast, uh, which is awesome. And check out their programs too. you know, learn more about uh, TNR and the other things that are available on Stacy's website. Uh, follow them on YouTube, like we do. There's lots of information out there. Get more involved. I love the see it and solve it motto because a lot of people, they don't know what to do when they see something, so they don't do anything. Contact uh, communitycats.com and you'll find your solutions. Thank you so much, Stacey, for having uh, made the time to be on our show. We'd love to Thank have you. you back anytime. And of anytime. course, Linda Hall, my BFF ride or die forever. You got it forever <laughs> my work wife my and, I have, and i have to thank mark winter for giving us this awesome spot on pet life radio and making us sound so good and just remember everyone every day is cat day we'll see you next time let's talk pets every week on demand only on petliferadio.com